The teshuva process, teshuva meaning return, though often translated as repentance. Return is probably a more accurate translation. And this process of teshuva can help us restore our relationship with God, hence the idea of return. The day of Yom Kippur, referencing the concept of kapara, often translated as atonement, refers to the process of erasing an error as if it never happened. So when we engage in teshuva, we aim to be granted this divine gift of kapara, atonement, which allows us to move forward with a clean slate and start fresh. However, the Rambam, based on uh, the Gemara, articulates clearly that for errors committed against our fellow man, we have no hope of receiving kapara or atonement from God until we have first received mechila, forgiveness, from our fellow. And he articulates this as follows. Ein ha velo yom ha-kippurim mechaparin ela averot shebein adam lamakom. So the process of teshuva in the day of Yom Kippur only provide atonement for errors between man and God. Kigon misha'achal davar asur. For example, somebody ate a prohibited food, o ba'al be'ila asura, or engaged in a forbidden relationship, v'chiyot zebahen, or similar cases. Aval, but averot shebein adam lachavero. Errors that are between man and his fellow, kigon chovel chavero, for example, if someone injured his fellow, o hamekalel et chavero, or someone cursed his fellow, o goes low, or robbed him, behen, or similar cases to this, eno nimchal lo olam. They are never forgiven, ad until sheyitain lachavero, ma shehu chayav lo, until he gives to his friend what he owes him, viratsehu, and he appeases him. And so it's this additional step, the, the Rav Hides lights this in a shear, that compared to the formulation and uh, the loss of damages, here there's this additional uh, idea of making yourself uh, desired in the eyes of this person, again, appeasing them, appealing to them, and asking them for forgiveness. And the Rambam continues here, and he says, Afal lo mamon even though he already returned the money that he owes his fellow, Tsarech Liratsoto, he is required to appease him, Vilishomimenu Sheyimcholo, and ask him, ask from him that he forgive him. Even if he only offended his friend with words, Tsarich Lefaiso, he must try and appeal to him or appease him, believe Goabo, and approach him, until he grants him forgiveness. And so this is from the Rambam in Hilchot Shuvah, Perik Bet, Halacha Tet. And the Rambam here not only formulates an obligation to request forgiveness, but he continues and also formulates an obligation to grant forgiveness to others. And that reads as follows: The fee, sha'asur la adam achzari It is prohibited, or accordingly, it is prohibited that a person is achzar. Often means cruel, but uh, sometimes it's broken down to mean 
you're treating this person like a stranger. So you've basically distanced yourself from this person and you refuse to be appeased. Ella, rather, a person should take a different approach. He should be easy to appease and difficult to anger. And at the time that someone who made a mistake or, you know, the word sinned against him, requests that he forgive him. He should forgive him with a full heart and with a desiring soul. Even if he caused him a lot of pain and committed many sins against him, or a great sin against him, he should not take revenge and he should not bear a grudge. Vezehu darkam shelazer Yisrael. This is the way, it's the approach of the Jewish people. Velibam hanachon. And their correct or straight, uh, straight-oriented heart. Aval hagoyim or lelev enon kain. But uh, the rest of the nations, they are, you might say, translated as thick-hearted, and they don't operate this way. Ela ve'evrato shemara netzach. And that's a verse from Amos that they guard their wrath. And so too, we, we, uh, he said about the Givonim, insofar as they did not uh, grant forgiveness to the Jewish people, that the Givonim are not uh, part of the Jewish people. And this is from Shmuel that uh, the Givonim, after a drought, they were, uh, David HaMelech was able to identify that it was the Givonim that were causing this drought, and they refused to be appeased. Um, and they had demanded that uh, they kill Saul's seven sons. Now, the Rambam elaborates on this process of, I guess, letting things go in his discussion about the prohibition against taking revenge or bearing a grudge, which appears in Hilchot Deot, the Laws of Character Traits. And this is Perik Zion, Halacha Zion. And it reads as follows, Hanokim et Havero, one who takes revenge against his fellow, over below tase, violates a negative commandment. Shnamar, as it says in the Torah, lo tikom, you should not take revenge. The afal pish eno loke, and even though that he is not uh, given lashes, dea ra'ahi admaod, it is a very bad and evil trait. El ra'oi la'adam lihiot ma'avir al kol olam. Rather, it is fitting for a person to... Avar means to cross over or pass over. And here it means to ma'avir, to let go, al kol divrei ha'olam, all matters of the world. Shakol etzel ha'mevinim, all things according to those who are perceptive and understanding, divrei hevel v'havai, are matters that are fleeting and are, are vanity or emptiness. Ve'enon kedai lin kom alehem. And it's not appropriate to take revenge over them. Rather, he should erase the matter from his heart. And he should not bear a grudge. For all the time that he holds this matter and remembers it, he might come to actually 
take revenge. And I was talking with a, a psychologist about this, and he noted that, indeed, for certain cases, people replay things over and over in their head, and it actually causes them uh, more pain than anything else. The Fikach, therefore, Hikpida Torah Alhanatira. Torah was very particular about the obligation of prohibition against bearing a grudge. Rather, he should erase the error from his heart, claw completely, and not remember it. And this is the correct character trait or idea that through it, it will be possible to establish a civilization on earth. Umasan, umatan, matanan, shalivne adam. And uh, interchange and exchange between human beings. So the Rambam, in his uh, discussion here, really highlights that it isn't appropriate for a person to make a, such a big deal about things that are fleeting. And really that small things can always be magnified. If you just look at the, the headlines of, uh, of any day, you'll find that Someone said something that when that was interpreted in the most negative way possible, and it sets off a storm of responses and counter-responses, a whole Twitter war, and people in their positions are vilified, apologies are offered and not accepted, goodwill is soured, and opportunities for collaboration and connection are frayed. And what's this idea that it says the nations are orly lay, they're thick-hearted, and, and we are supposed to have a different attitude, I think is the idea that aspirationally, our Torah culture is oriented towards a different ideal. And this is illustrated, I think, fairly realistically in the case of uh, Yosef and his brothers. So Yosef's brothers sold him down to Egypt. They were jealous of him and resented his dreams. And after Yosef became the ruler of Egypt, he reconciled with them and invited them to accompany their father and join him in Egypt. Years later, when their father died, all the brothers went to bury him in Israel, and then they came back to Egypt. And after returning to Egypt, there is this strange exchange recorded in the Chumash. And uh, it reads as follows, Yosef ki avihem. And the brothers of Yosef saw that their father had died, which is, again, kind of strange, considering they just went to bury him. Vayomru, and they said, Lu yistemenu Yosef, v'hashev yashiv lanu, so they seem to be concerned maybe Yosef will hate us and he'll return upon us all the evil that we had paid him. And so they commanded Yosef or they sent messengers to him and said the following, Your father commanded before he died saying the following, you should say this to Yosef. Please forgive now your brother's transgression and their errors, for they did evil to you. And, uh, and, and, and now please forgive this uh, crime of the servants of the God of your, uh, of your father. And Yosef cried when he spoke with them. 
Okay, and I guess the messengers were sent and they gave this message by and then the brothers came as well, and they they um they fell before him, and they said, Behold, we are here to be your slaves. Yosef, and Yosef responds to them, Al do not be afraid. Ki, because Hatachat Elohim Ani. I am I guess I am under God or Maybe it's translated as "Am I in the place of God?" And we'll we'll expand on that in a, in just a moment. Viatem chashavtem alayra. You uh, calculated or intended to do evil. Elohim chashavalatova, but God determined that it would be for good. Leman in order asokayom hazet to establish this day right now. Lachayot amrav, so I could sustain this uh, great nation. Veata al tiru tirau, and now do not be afraid. Anochi. I I will sustain you and your children. and he comforted them by Alibam and he spoke to their heart. So uh, this is a, a strange exchange. What was it that the brothers saw? They already knew that Yaakov had died. What it was was it that they saw that prompted them to approach Yosef and, and plead this additional plea for forgiveness? And what exactly is Yosef's response? Am I in the place of God? So Rashi provides some insight here, and he explains that after Yosef and the brothers uh, went to bury their father and came back to Egypt, Yosef stopped inviting his brothers over for lunch. He was cordial to his brothers out of respect for his father at the time that his father was alive, but once his father died, he wasn't interested in dining with them anymore. So that's not to say that he didn't care about them or their shared vision of uh, building the Jewish people, it just, you know, they sold him down to Egypt and he didn't really like them maybe anymore. And I think this is an important contrast. So he was fully committed to supporting his brothers and their families and he makes that point to them and together building the foundation of the Jewish people. But that didn't mean he wanted to spend his weekends with them. So Yosef responds to them, am I in the place of God? And the Rav explains Yosef's response. Can uh, can I change the past? No. Only God can grant kapara, this atonement that we ask for on Yom Kippur, to erase an error completely. Humans can grant each other mechila, forgiveness, allowing us to move on and work together, but that doesn't change the past, only the future. So this illustrates a noteworthy distinction when it comes to cooperating with our fellow. We don't have to like everyone. There can be reasons why we don't get along perfectly with certain people. Most of the reasons probably fall into the category of divrei hevel, uh, fleeting and temporary matters that can be overlooked. But we don't have to let those personal issues disrupt our shared objectives. We can grant one another mechila, a basic level of forgiveness that allows us to move forward and work together when necessary. And that's really how the Ramam is formulating this law, this law of teshuvah. We have to ask forgiveness for our fellow, and our fellow is obligated to grant us forgiveness. That's how we establish uh, society. That's how we keep society going, allow us to integrate and interchange and collaborate with one another. And that process of asking forgiveness and that process of granting forgiveness are the building blocks of a successful society. So the phenomenon of kaparav, atonement, refers to erasing mis- a mistake or an error as if it never happened. This is not generally possible in the realm of man. Time only moves in one direction, and we cannot change the past. We can, however, work together, request and grant each other forgiveness, and with this, we can grant each other the opportunity to move forward, 
to set a foundation for a better future.